Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. So today I'm starting this series and it's called Kingdom Living. And if you didn't know, God's grand plan, God's grand desire for the earth is that we would walk with God, is that we would talk with God, in that we would be reconciled with God, we would have strong relationship with God and that would overflow into our relationships, we would be reconciled with others. That in our lives, when we go through, we would have a deep sense of purpose, that we would have a deep sense of meaning, that we would live in a way that we have influence and ultimately these two things that are really important, that we would live out God's goodness and God's glory. Now, the, the title that Jesus uh, gave to this, and when he came to the planet, when you open up the Gospels, the first four books of the, Bible, uh, of the New Testament, talking about Jesus, the label that he gave to it is the kingdom of God, otherwise known as the kingdom of heaven. So this great grand desire of goodness, of doing things that glorify God. And you know what? This is a little surprising for anyone who's ever has a, a mirror that God shows you and me. Because last time I checked, I've got a few flaws. I've got a few imperfections. Maybe not so much you guys, maybe just me. But there's a couple of things that are still maybe a little bit a little bit wobbly, still sometimes don't always go to plan in terms of what I want and my intentions. But God's great design and great plan is to bring wholeness, to bring goodness, to bring restoration, to live out our lives with influence, with meaning. And His plan is for you and I to be at the very forefront of it. And what does that mean? Does that mean about how we are in the hour and a half or whatever that we're in this building on Sunday or the times that we're in our our small groups? No, this is like everybody, everywhere ministering where they are. And it's expansive. And that's why we're calling this series Kingdom Living because it's not just about me coming to church which is awesome. It's an environment where I can grow, I can be encouraged, but it's me actually living out God's intent, His grand design, His purposes in everywhere of my life. Now, most people in this room would probably agree with the vision, right? This vision of wholeness, this vision of goodness, everything that is broken, everything that is damaged by sin being restored. I think we would agree with the vision. We would agree with the what. But sometimes we don't necessarily know how that is going to happen. So we agree with the vision, but we question the provision. Let me say that again. We agree with the vision, but we question the provision. We're like, yeah, I mean, that sounds good, God. Like, who wouldn't want 
deep peace that's beyond the circumstance. Who wouldn't want inner healing? Who wouldn't want influence like we're talking about where we get to go out in a local school and do good in the name of Jesus that glorifies God and people's lives begin to change? Like who wouldn't do that? But the question mark is this, how is that going to happen? I agree with the vision, but I've got a question mark on the provision. And so this message today is for anyone who wants to say, I want to bring the kingdom of God. I want to live out the kingdom of God, everything that is good, everything that glorifies God. But I also don't think that I've got enough resources to do it. So like I want to do it, but I'm not sure how. And if I'm honest, I don't think I have enough. I know what God's calling me to do. I don't think I have enough. And for some of us, it's even deeper. I don't think I am enough. Right? Like, so like, maybe God, someone else should do this because if I'm honest about myself, I got a lot of things that are still not quite right, still broken. And so I'm not sure how God could move through me. I'm not sure how God could flow through me. I'm not sure that God would use me because maybe he needs someone else with something else, with more resources, with more going on. And sometimes we are intimidated by the size of the need. I heard this phrase um, from a message that I was watching with some of the guys in my Connect group. And uh, from Pastor Louis Giglio, he said, there's plenty to cry about in the world. And this is true, right? If you think about the need, if maybe you think right now you're in a difficult season, your personal need, but then if you start to actually think about what is going on in people around you's life, there's a lot of need. And sometimes that can even be a barrier. Sometimes that can take us away and cause us to lower our vision. But God wants us to expand our vision. But also today we're talking about God's provision. And so today I want to Talk about this. This is what I want to talk about today. Living with an abundance mindset. When we read the Bible, when we study the biblical pattern of the Bible, there is a way of thinking, believing, and, in, and living which embraces the unlimited provision of God. And that's what I want to talk about. Living with an abundance mindset. All right? The opposite is this. Living with a scarcity mindset. And a scarcity mindset does two main things. It breeds anxiety and it also breeds competitiveness. All right? I have, I've never met anybody that doesn't deal with anxiety in some way or other. What I'm saying is that people deal with it differently and people deal with it uh, more in a more healthy way than others, right? But everyone has anxiety. You know what my main anxiety is around? is, am I enough? God, I know what you want to do. Can, could you use me? God, I, I see the need. Where are the resources going to come from? And if I'm honest, that's based in a scarcity mindset. And those times are in a scarcity mindset where I haven't truly... Uh, 
listen to a way of thinking, believing and living that Jesus reveals, that God reveals in his word. And that's what we want to talk about. The other thing that it breeds a scarcity mindset will breed competitiveness. Now, in our household, I love uh, to watch with, um, particularly with, with my kids, I love to watch the animal shows, right? Those epic ones, a couple of epic ones, my two favorites. There's one uh, on the, I think, Animal Planet, I think, no, National Geographic, and then the, the Planet Earth on BBC. I don't know if you've ever seen those, right? So I love the ones where you've got like, it's a little morbid, but hey, I'm just being real, okay? So you, you, you're out in Africa and you've got the lion chasing the antelope and the lion's there. And then the, because it's the survival of the fittest, the lion kills it and then the hyenas try and take over, right? This is sometimes our mindset, if we have a scarcity mindset, is there is limited resources. So it goes to the strongest and the most dominant and the fiercest, right? And unless if I get in there and drive out my competition and fight for everything, then I will go without. That's also rooted in a scarcity mindset. So today, we are talking about an abundance mindset. Now, often in church, we talk about what we can give to which I think is, is fair, like we've, we've just given to a local school, right? But not as often do we talk about what we are giving from. And that's what I want to talk about today. The abundance mindset will have a very clear understanding based on God's word, based on the foundation, the biblical pattern of the abundance that we are giving from. And this is so important. Because I think all of us here, we are a very generous church. I think you know, looking at your week ahead, what you've got to give to, right? You've got to give to your key relationships. You've got to give to your workplace or your study. There are people around that you know God has called you to minister to and encourage you. So we've got a good understanding of what we've got to give to. But I don't think we always have a great understanding of what we're giving from. So giving to is the vision, but what we're giving from is the provision. And that's why we need an abundance mindset. So I want you to open your Bible. It's going to be on the screen as well. Second Kings chapter 4. We're going to look at a story of a prophet, Elisha. So Elisha was Elijah's protege. He came after him. He had a double anointing. He was a prophet, which means he was a message messenger of God. He was there to remind people of God's covenant, God's promises, the blessings that come with attaching themselves as a nation to God and his purposes. And so 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, I'm reading from the NIV. And it says this, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead and you know he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming and listen to this, this is shocking, to take my two boys as his slaves. Could we just let the gravity of this situation hit us. So I got two boys. I love my boys. The thought 
that if I passed away, my family could be in a position where we couldn't pay our debts and my boys would go as slaves, that breaks my heart. That moves me in my heart. This is the situation. But there's also some unanswered questions because it says this particular uh, man who had died, he was in the company of prophets, which means he was essentially in a ministry or the function of being in a group of people who were partnering to see God's plans and promises be restored, to be God's messages for the kingdom of, of Israel. And so there's some unanswered questions like, why has this happened? This person revered God, but still these things have happened. But here's where we see the start of developing an abundance mindset. And listen to this, the start of developing an abundance mindset is admitting you have a need. Admitting you have a need. Now, they might say, like, some of you are like, Andrew, this is like, like, what's wrong with you? This is so basic, right? But who knows, we can try and tough things out in life without putting up our hand and saying, I need help. Is there anyone like that in the building, in the room, listening online? You can be like, I don't need help. And I'm like, you are bleeding on the table, all right? <laughs> I can see your organs coming out. No, I'm fine. Have you, anyone got a Band-Aid? Anyone got some Savlon? We are not, we cannot begin this process if we refuse to acknowledge that we have a need. Now, I remember my, my daughter's just come back from her first big camp, right, to Canberra and snow skiing, and it reminded me of like one of my epic year school camps, year 11. It was awesome. We, got, we were in New South Wales. We got canoes, and we, uh, I think the guys did this, we paddled the canoes, camped on the side of the river, and then eventually made our way to the ocean. All right, isn't that, that was awesome. I loved it. I was in, actually, I remember it was like, I didn't do a lot of camping, so I had a sleeping bag, but I remembered too late that you need a tall version of a sleeping bag, right? So I remember half of my body laying on the ground with a beanie being very cold. Any tall people in the, maybe. <laughs> and then we went to the ocean. We had a surfing lesson and our, Surfing lesson instructor, his name was Sparky, all right? He was an American, all right? And so I've had my first surfing lesson and uh, some, I'm not always amazingly coordinated, okay? Laugh at me in your own time. Let's focus on the Word of God here. <laughs> and so I've got this surfing lesson. I'm, I come off this wave and I position myself so the surfboard hits me, the tip of it, in my solar plexus. And I'm in a position, I did something good, I tried to ask for help, but I couldn't talk. And so my friends teased me about this later, but I said, I said, I didn't say his name was Sparky, but I said, call Spanky. I called him Spanky. <laughs> but you know what was good about that? I asked for help. If we're going to embrace an abundance mindset, we are going to need to recognize that we have a need. And that's the starting point. And this woman cried out 
And she cried out to Elisha, someone who represented God in his ways and his purposes. And we go on to verse number two. And Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now in this, we have two characters and one of the characters is in great need and the other character is connected to God in a way that can help. Now I want to encourage us, there are seasons that we need to be both of these. Right, there are seasons that I need help. And there are seasons that I can that God can use me to help others. And I want to encourage you, don't just pick one. Embrace both of them. Embrace a lifestyle where you can hear the voice of God on behalf of others. And embrace a position of humility where you put up your hand and say, like, where's Spanky? The next thing, it goes on, says, Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. This is an abundance mindset. Abundance mindset, this is where we start to see it happen. It says, Don't just ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. This is so important. You want to write this down. All right. An abundance mindset seeks a word from God for every situation. Okay, so this is where if I've got a need... All right, I acknowledge my need. The, the next place I need to go, the next stop that I need to make is I need to seek a word from God for the situation. All right, because when we build our life upon the reality of the word of God, the promise of the word of God, the principle of the word of God, the pattern of the word of God, that's when God can begin to move because God says, nothing that is written in my word will return void. Because nothing else has power. Nothing else has the power to move beyond the circumstance that the Word of God has. And so Elisha says, get some containers, not just a few. Go inside, shut the door and pour all the oils. Here's what we need to do. We need to get in a position where we open ourselves up and we can submit to the authority of God. You know, these are things that I think I, I, there is always a tension. First tension, I need help. Second tension, I'm actually going to listen to someone. All right, any stubborn people in the room? No, of course not. Who likes to be told what to do? Who's it unlike? Wakes up every morning. Please tell me what to do. All right. I want somebody to tell me what to do, maybe in a way that challenged me or I don't like it or I feel uncomfortable. Nobody likes that. But seeking a word of God, what we've got to do is we've got to come in humility. And when we seek a word from God, here's what we're saying. You're God, I'm not. You know stuff. I know a little bit but usually make a mess of it. 
You know, the other barrier for us when it comes to the Word of God is sometimes if we've made the mess ourselves. Who's ever made a mess, but you need God's help to clean it up? Here's what the Word of God says in James 1 verse 5. If anyone who lack, any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, which is good. Who gives, what does he give? Generously, because we're talking about receiving. All right, this is what God is going to give you a word. You are, you're going to need to receive a word, have a heart to receive it. And you know what else he says? He says he gives without finding fault. This is a promise to those here that you have made a mess that you need only God's help can give you, right? He's going to give you the solution to your problem without judging you, without finding fault, without saying, okay, before you come to me, here's five things that I need you to do. First thing, I need you to string a couple of days of solid Bible reading in a row. All right. So it's like, so it's like Ethan, all right. So yeah, I, I'm going to respond to you, but can you get some runs on the board with Bible reading? Can you speak in tongues? Could you be kind to your brother? Which one, he says, all of them, all right? And he's like, God, you're asking too much, all right? That is not what God is going to do. He's going to give you generously without finding fault. He's not going to judge you. He's not going to criticize you. He's not going to say, well, why didn't you listen the last time? He's going to give you with generosity. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about receiving God's provision. So here's what we want to do. We want to position ourselves quickly. When we acknowledge our needs, we want to position ourselves quickly and with humility to open the Word of God. Maybe you need someone to help you. All right. Maybe there's a trusted Bible-believing person who is putting Jesus first, who is building their life around the Word of God to help you. But very quickly, you want to say, God, what is a word? What do you want to say? You want to attach your situation to the Word of God. For us nowadays, because we have the Bible, we want to attach ourselves to, this, to a scripture. We want to say, God, give me a revelation from your Word for my situation that is going to see the abundant provision of God. Okay, so here's what she did. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Number three, an abundance mindset, listen to this, is convinced enough to take a step of faith. How much do I need to be convinced? Enough. Enough to move. If we're going to operate with an abundance mindset, we have to get enough conviction to take a step. That's going to be different for everybody. And you don't need to measure yourself. All I need to do is to get convinced enough to take a step. And an abundance mindset will produce a faith that can actually move, right? So just say that you're on a, a cliff. I don't know if we have any people who like jumping off heights. If I was to choose anyone, I would choose Ben Frost. True? Have you ever jumped off like a cliff into a water? Okay, yeah. Country boy? Yes, nailed it. All right. That wasn't prophetic. That was, yeah. 
So anyway, let's just make it three metres. Cliff, waterhole, the water's clear, right? There's no obstacles. Do you, there's, a, there's two types of faith. One is you could come up to that cliff and say, yes, I believe that I could jump into that cliff. Sorry, jump off that cliff into that water and survive. Okay, that is a type of faith. There is another type of faith, a faith that moves where I am convinced enough that I actually do it. Do you see the difference? Because some of us have a type of faith that's not really faith at all, if we're honest, because we're not moving on the basis of it. And God wants to give us this conviction so we are convinced enough to take a step. How big of a step? Just one step. Not knowing all the things, just one step. And that's what God wants to do. A faith that produces a readiness to step out because, of God, because you are convinced of what God will provide when you do. That's how it works. Because God is pleased by faith. He operates in faith through us actually believing that his word is true enough to take action. So, here we go. Number six, uh, verse six says, When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And she went and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. See, an abundance mindset is going to see a miracle before your eyes. Now, God has called us in the kingdom, right, to live a life that is above the sum of its parts. Do you know what I mean by that? Means that we have influence, means that we see miracles, means that we go beyond just what we have in our own bank account, in our own energy tank, in our own uh, mental space, that we partner with a with God in a way where we see the supernatural move of God. And this is what she was privileged to see. What we see here is that God just didn't provide enough. He provided more than enough. He didn't just meet the needs. He met their future needs. And this is what God wants to do to us. Right now, I'm going to invite uh, Naomi just to share really quickly. So come up here, Naomi, and I'll continue talking and saying nice things about you. (laughs) So Naomi is a great part of our team. She is interning. She's studying at Bible College. She uh, does our social media. She's done a great job. You see her playing, leading worship. And so we are really grateful and appreciative of her. You can give her a clap. I'm not going to stop you. (laughs) Guys, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. So, um, so as part of like uh, her internship and our conversations, uh, I introduced this concept of the abundance mindset to her and got her thinking about it. So I'm going to pass to her and um, I'm just going to get her to share about what are some of the areas that she recognized that she was limiting God's provision and ability to provide and tell us a little bit about that journey and, and what has happened as a result of that, so Great. yeah. So as Andrew said, I am uh, a full-time student at the moment. I work 
half a day a week, which is not a lot. Um, so that definitely provi uh, provides some challenges. And uh, one of the ways I'd really limited God was in uh, his ability to provide for me financially um, and in his ability to find me a place to live. So at the moment, I live in student accommodation, which has its pros and cons. <laughs> um, but I just realized that I was seeing that God was providing for things day to day. Like, you know, I'd be like, oh, God, thank you that that person did break and didn't crash into me or that you provided me with a keyboard and a church. And But I wasn't actually allowing him, I, I was limiting him in like the bigger picture things like my long-term financial and in cars and, you know, different things that we just need um, in the day-to-day. -day. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess I knew it was uh, Andrew that really kind of pointed it out. To be honest, I actually thought that I had a great abundance mindset. Um, it was, I was like, yeah, God provides. He's so good. He's faithful through and through. But we can say those words all we want, um, but not believe them. Um, and so uh, even like a year ago, I reckon, we were in a meeting and I said, so I made a joke about, oh, yeah, some weeks like it's like, oh, should I get a piece of steak or should I get petrol this week? Like, what are we, what are we going for? And Andrew just looked at me in like all seriousness and goes, you know that God can provide steak and petrol, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess I can't argue with that. So um, it wasn't until somebody started to really ask me, like, why are you saying that, that I realized that I was actually saying that things were impossible for God. Um, that he asked, Pastor Andrew asked me to write a list of things that I wanted to see come to pass living in Brisbane. And I realized that I was just making, like, all of these excuses as to why um, those couldn't happen. I was sitting with Matt and Gwendy one day and I said something about like, oh, I couldn't move house anyway. I don't even own any furniture. I don't have a bed. How would I move house? My house is furnished. I'm not sleeping on the floor. Uh, <laughs> please don't donate me a bed. <laughs> um, and I was in a 12-month lease and uh, I just was like, don't have any furniture. And Pastor Andrew just looked up and he just was like, so? Like, why does that matter? And I was like, oh. Well, I guess you're right. I'm like, I'm sitting here saying out loud that that's impossible for God to do. Um, yeah, which which kind of startled me that I'd yeah, placed God in a box like that. Awesome. Yeah. So how did you? So how did you begin to shift things? So obviously you've recognised with the language about what you're saying, where you're saying this is impossible, right? Or you know, you're recognising the need. Um, so. How did you shift that and what's happened as a result? Uh, I began to just kind of question myself a bit more. Now that someone else had pointed it out, I started to realise, as Andrew said, a lot of my language um, where I was placing God in this, in this sort of box. Um, and I went through a stage, like practically I just went through a stage of reading uh, Matthew chapter 6 every day. I'd read it in like different translations, morning, night, just to like sometimes you just got to like get it through your head. It's like my spirit needed to just... I needed to just get it through my flesh that that was true. Um, yeah, and there's things saying, don't don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. Is not life more than food and um, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, let your, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Um, and it goes on there, and that was just such an encouraging verse for me. At the time when we started doing that song that we just sang today, This Is The Kingdom, listening to that over and over because it's like the same verse but in song form. Um, I started to really boldly pray about things that I wanted to see moved that I was like, instead of just being like, oh God, like if you'd like, I'd really like to live somewhere else. Like that would be really good if you're feeling it. Like, 
if you if you feel like doing that today, but more just being like, God, I need a place to live that is a home that has family for me, that that has a driveway and has like a front lawn and you know like things that I was like, God, I want to see these specifically um, in my life. I even started to go out in my car and pray around the areas that I wanted to see a house, and I'd be like, God, here would be great. Kangaroo Point, nice like <laughs> view of the river, like this is beautiful. Um, and just reminding myself of where and how God had been so faithful to me in the past. Um, and yeah, as a result, the realest thing I can say is that nothing physically has changed, um, particularly. So my car needed a lot of work done to it. That was a big area of a little bit of stress. And I did get some financial provision for that, which was amazing. I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, but the biggest thing that has been the change here is that like my anxiety towards life in general, um, like, you know, we can live through life just like checking our bank account every five minutes or we go out for lunch and you're like, oh, like actually, you know, your card declines for your $5 coffee and you're like, oh, sorry, wrong card. And you're like, like manically like transferring. Like um, I even, I went out for lunch with a friend one day and I was like, God, I really want to catch up with this person, but I don't know if I can afford that. And God just said to me, you just keep living and I'll just keep providing. And I was like, okay, that's, pr- that's a pretty simple instruction that I, can, um, that I can do. So when I got the phone call, my car needed fixing. It's a 2001 model, it always needs fixing, but <laughs> um, no, that, I've limited them again. See, I've done that already. <laughs> my car is fully functioning and in great health. Um, when the mechanic rang me to say, hey, like he knows I'm a student, so he was like, hey, like, how's it going? Um, he was trying to be gentle and told me how much it was going to cost. And I just was like, yeah, okay, no worries. And he's like, yeah, you can get the other stuff fixed in like a month. And I was like, yeah, well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but it just wasn't like stressful or needed to be a stretch. So um, looking for a place didn't become, looking for a new place to live was not stressful. It was just like, well, if God isn't providing me a house yet, then he must be using me in the place that I'm in now to reach the people that I'm with that aren't saved, that um, are living in in a strange season of life as well. Um, and just being in, it's just been a season of like rerouting what my natural mind wants to do where I just want to be like, oh, well, that's impossible. It's too hard to think about. God's like, no, come to me first, seek first my kingdom and all will be added. Um, yeah, and he's he's a good God that wants to give us good gifts. And it's just been that mindset that God sees all of the things that not only I need, but all the things that I desire as well. So yeah, that's been the biggest shift. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Wasn't that great? What a great summary of this series. You keep living, I'll keep providing. Now the, now the thing that we have to add to that is that Naomi is someone who's, who's living for Jesus, right? So Jesus is saying, you keep living for me and I'll keep providing. You keep taking my word as your foundation. You keep building your life on this. You will lack nothing. You will lack nothing. There's a story in Genesis chapter 22 of Abraham and Isaac. So Abraham's the dad, Isaac's the son. Abraham, uh, Isaac is the son that they've prayed for for years. He's the promise from God and it's a weird story right because God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and he's just about to put him on the altar at that time sacrificing kids was not was like a pretty normal thing right and he's just about to 
get the knife. And God says, wait, I provided. Here's a a ram in the thicket. I want you to sacrifice that instead. And here's what Abraham says. Place uh, Mount Moriah, which is was later the location of the, the temple. So, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on that mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Has anyone ever heard the term Jehovah Jireh? God who provides, God who will provide. This verse right here. The Hebrew, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. It didn't say the Lord provided. It is an enduring promise which demonstrates the nature and the character, the disposition of God towards His people. And I want to say to everyone in this building, everyone listening on this podcast, the Lord by nature, by character will provide. Now, if I'm honest, this week I had a little bit of a moment of anxiety about the provision of God. I was trying to calculate stuff. How is this going to happen? I feel like there's insufficiency. And the Holy Spirit just cut across my thinking. Of course, I was preparing this message and He said to me, who is your provider? And I was like, oh. I get it. I'm sorry, God. Do you know I've felt such peace ever since? I embraced that truth of the nature and character of God. So what is He going to provide? Really quickly, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12 says that God wants to understand what He has freely given us. And here's my encouragement for some of you who want to grab a hold of this concept this week is that it's good to take a moment to say, hey, I need to understand what God has freely given me. Because remember, anytime we connect with God, we start at the top. We are seated with Christ. I I never start at the bottom. I never have to work my way to God because I'm united with Christ because of the sacrifice of Jesus in my life. 2 Peter 1.3, we need to understand that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Philippians 4.13, we need to understand that God has given us all the strength we need. 2 Timothy 1.7, we need to believe that God has given us love, power and a sound mind. He has not given us fear. If you have fear in your life, it is not from God. If you have fear in your life, if it is dominating your thoughts, it is not from God. And so you say, God, what have you freely given me? 1 Thessalonians 1.6, it says, God has given us joy. One, uh, sorry, Colossians 1.8 says, God has given us love for others. If you need, if someone in your life needs love and you do not know where that love is coming from, says Colossians 1.8, it comes from the Holy Spirit. All the love I need, all the resources I need, all the provision I need, it's not of my own. I don't have to work at it. I just need to understand what I've been freely given and let it flow. My final point, my final scripture. And this is what 
If you're going to take one thing into your week, into your circumstance, put it into your spirit, put it into the way that you see God when He's called you to live this life that is beyond your capacity to do things that are beyond your capacity to provide. 2 Kings chapter 3, just the chapter before, and Elisha, a great famine has ravaged the land. And Elisha says, here's what I want you to do. There's a shortage of water. I want you to dig some holes and God's going to fill them with water. And everyone's like, okay, no other options. They do it. And here's what Elisha says. And here's what I want you to catch this phrase. Put this on repeat in your life. He says, 2 Kings 3, 18, the first part, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Let me say this again. Look at it. Get it in your spirit. Everything that God has called you to do, every impossible situation, it's okay for me to say that it's impossible for me. But at the same time, I've got to say, this is an easy thing for God. You need a job. This is an easy thing for God. You need peace in your life. You need healing from brokenness. This is an easy thing in the the eyes of the Lord. You need reconciliation in a relationship, in a family member. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. How are you going to do it, God? How are you going to bring your kingdom in my life? How are you going to fulfill your vision? God says, trust me, this is an easy thing in my eyes. When we get convinced that God's nature, His character is one who freely gives, who freely provides, and that I don't have to figure everything out. But then if God is willing to move and He wants to move and you get a promise that is based upon Him, not just your own idea, you ground yourself in the Word, it's an easy thing. Let's pray. And as I pray, I am encouraging some of you to grab hold of this boldly. To grab hold of this boldly. There's a choice right now. We could go, okay, probably about two, three minutes. We're drinking tea, having a chat. It's all good. But right now, what in your situation and what in your life have you thought was impossible? Have you limited God? that you could find rest in peace and saying, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but here's what I know. This is an easy thing. This is an easy thing for you. So right now, come on. If you want in on this, join me within this prayer. Make this your prayer. Jesus, we come to you and we embrace you as provider. We embrace your sovereignty, your ability to provide, the unlimited nature of your resources. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that faith would arise, that faith would arise, that the declaration, the word on our lips would be, this is an easy thing for you. When you come to a situation, what's going to happen? I don't know. But this is an easy thing for God. When it comes to seeking a word from God, you get a hold of it. How is it going to happen? 
I don't know. How is this thing going to turn around? I don't know. It's been like this for so long. I don't know. It's been on this downward decline. I don't know. But here's what I know. This is an easy thing in the sight of the Lord. Lord, I pray right now that you would release a gift of faith. It's a grace. It's one of the things that you receive freely is faith. If that's you, you can put out your hands while your eyes are closed just in front of you and say, God, I want faith to boldly declare, to receive you as you are, to see you as you are, to see your nature, your character, your kingdom come in my life. Lord, we declare right now that circumstances are shifting, things are changing, generational patterns are breaking. Lord, that mindsets are changing, thinking is changing, circumstances are changing, peace is being brought into homes, financial provision. And Lord, it's based on our ability to partner with You and say, this is an easy thing for You, God. And we thank You. And we honour You. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.